0: Good morning. God is worthy to be praised. Let's worship him together. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever morning, Lord God Almighty, we welcome you here in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen King, our majestic King who is still sitting on the throne of grace and he's watching over every one of us and he loves us the same way that he loved us when he rescued us from sin and from our sickness and from death. He loves us the same amount this morning. He loves you with an unfailing love. So just look at your neighbor this morning and just tell him, neighbor, you're loved. Jesus loves you. I love you. This is a place of hope. This is a place of peace. And you are welcome. So while you guys are doing that, we're gonna go ahead and start our next worship song. Amen. Oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. faithful, able God, Jesus. Father of kindness, you have brought out in grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Give her a mercy of my help in time. waiting for God to just do something. Don't give up. He's still a way maker, a miracle worker. He's gonna do what he promised to do. Just hold on. I will rest in your promises. My confidence faithfulness so bye, we'll rest Is so good this morning you know this next song that we're singing is um, just as i am i don't know how you are this morning but i know how i've been and i know what it's like to hobble in here on a, a broken foot but i also know what it's like to hobble in here with a broken spirit and i was sitting out there broken broken (laughs) Josh Cavazos prayed for me I said I just want to sing and uh, I just started crying Josh prayed for me and I said okay God okay but I know what it's like to just have to come before the Lord as a broken person as a messed up person a failure somebody who just can't seem to put everything together right, and it always just falls apart. But I encourage you, if that's you this morning, just come as you are. If, you're, if, you're out, if your pores are still smelling like alcohol from the night before, and you're still in here a little bit hungover, come as you are. Come as you are, because the Father is waiting with open arms to bring you in. Just come. Just come. I'm, I'm just going to sing now, okay? seconds. Let's just give it up for Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, in the morning. Jesus, in the noonday. Jesus, when the sun goes down, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. You're so worthy. Still a way maker.
1: just uh, remain standing or you sit down if you want to but i just feel like my brother who is about to leave us and move to arizona yeah. needs to pray for us before we start amen let's pray let's just bow our heads and look to the lord father god in the name of the son the father and the holy spirit we pray first of all for you being our god we thank you, God, for allowing us another day in the land of the living. Yes. We ask, God, that you use us for your mighty glory, God. Mm-hmm. We ask, that God, that you continue to... to to allow us, Father God, to be your children. We ask God in the name of Jesus, as the word come forth, God, this word will be mm. hidden behind our heart. And mm. most of all, God, we use this word for your glory. May mm. you continue, Father God, to use this world for your, your glory. And God, mm. we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In your son's mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, <laughs> brother. Uh, there's a lot of preaching in him, and I was want to turn him loose there, brother. Amen. 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 (laughs) Amen. I want you to find your Bible if you have it with you, and I hope you do. Go to the book of Isaiah with me, please. The book of Isaiah and chapter 43. These two statements, these two statements, hold on to them. Something new. And something fresh is the heart of Jesus for you. Something new and something fresh. Something fresh is the heart of Jesus for you. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Listen to these words from the prophet speaking the heart of the Lord to the Israelites in that day. But folks, he's speaking this word to us all these centuries later. He's kept this Bible. He's preserved this Bible against all odds, all the centuries, and all the ones who've hated the scripture. But the Lord has supernaturally protected his word, so it could be in our laps this morning, and I pray in our hearts before we leave this place. Verse 18. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, the beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. The people whom I formed for myself, the Lord says, Will declare my praise. The reason we have breath, the reason we have a brain, the reason we have a spirit is so that we may declare the praises of our God. No matter what we're going through, no matter who's against us, no matter what's behind us, the Lord says, I will inhabit the praises of my people. He sits enthroned, the scripture says, upon shouts of praise. So no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter what is against us, no matter what is behind us, that which is a certainty to call forth the spirit of the Lord wherever we are is when we determine, we are determined in our hearts, Lord, I will bless your name. I will praise your faithfulness. I will exalt your holiness. I will shout high the glory of your power, of your goodness, of your mercy. In the face of whatever may be seeming to declare the opposite, I choose to declare who you are, for you will forever be who you are. Circumstances change. People come and go. Things can be up and down. But the Lord your God never changes, child of God. He never changes. His mercy never wears out. His wisdom never falls short. His knowledge is never going to be lacking. His resources will never run out. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the king. And he says that you are as the apple of his eye. He has your name written across the palm of his hand. And he's saying to us today, I believe, don't call to mind the former things. Don't spend your time pondering what happened in the past that was hard, that was sad, that was lonely, that was dry, that was hot. That's the context here. This is a prophecy regarding What the Lord would do one day to bring his people back to the land of Israel. That Jerusalem would be restored, would be rebuilt. But this was written seven or 800 years before Jesus was ever born. It was written a number of years before the destruction of Jerusalem and, and the Babylonian captivity for 70 years, as it was called. Isaiah wrote the heart of the Lord, there's going to be a day coming for my people. My people who have, who have endured great hardship, who have endured punishment and discipline, who have had to put up with overlords and cruelty from people over them who had carried them captive. It's in that context that this word is spoken. Don't you spend your time concentrating on what has happened before. Don't ponder the things of the past. Because I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I'll make a roadway in the the wilderness and so forth. The one who says, who says to us this morning, I will do something new. I will do something. Well, who is that? Who is that who is saying, I will do something new? take it back all the way to the first verse in your Bible. God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. This God who is saying, I will do something new, has a track record, folks. He has a foundation point from which Who he is and what he can do that could be known to men and women all these centuries later. There's a beginning point. And the beginning point is he created everything that we see and know and feel and touch and taste and sense. He created every bit of it out of nothing. He wasn't taking some already used material. It, it, there are places in the Bible where there are other words that speak of the Lord taking chaos and creating order. God taking a mess and turning it into a message. Amen. But the word in Genesis 1 is, he didn't have anything to start with. There was nothing that existed, but God created the heavens and the earth. It, it, it's, it's the same word, the same theme in Romans chapter four, where it's, it's talking about Abraham and Sarah and the, and the child Isaac who would come to them, but they considered their bodies as good as dead. Older, way past childbearing years. But Paul writes this about Abraham's heart. He, he put his faith and trust in the God who, who calls forth even the dead and brings into being that which does not exist. He, and it's important. It's important, folks, because there's some of us walking through situations. Some of you listening to this this morning are walking through situations. There are no visible resources available to you. There, 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 is, there is nothing that a doctor is saying that is encouraging to you. Here's what I want you to say. Whenever the Lord who stepped out on nothing and everything came to existence because he said, let there be light. When it is that God who is saying, I'm fixing to bring your way something new. Don't spend your time thinking on, spending all of your time rehearsing and remembering the hard places of the past. I know about those places. I know what you went through. I know the depth of it all, but I'm saying to you, and can we just open our hearts up to hear this this morning? The voice of the Lord by his spirit to your heart, I'm coming to you with something new, new, new. For something to be created, it means that something new is coming into existence. It didn't exist before but god is bringing forth something new david used that same genesis 1:1 word when in psalm 51:10 he said oh god create in me a clean heart the same power the same god who's able to turn Everything out of nothing, bring everything out of nothing is the same God who is able to step into a heart that has been ravaged by rotten choices, by, by selfish, the slavery to selfishness. And, and, and David had, had stolen another man's wife. She got pregnant. In order to cover his tracks, he had the man killed. He was guilty of all manner of things, though he was a man who had known the Lord and walked with the Lord and was called a man after God's own heart. And it settles in on him what had happened, what, what he had done, what he was responsible for. And he felt the filth and he felt the shame and he felt the hopelessness of his heart. That just cry, Lord, you who are able to cause the constellations to form, to put the stars in their orbit, and to cause everything that we see and walk on to come into being, you who caused everything to come out of nothing, would you cause this something in me, this great wrong in me, to turn into nothing? Would you create in me a clean heart? And David would go on to experience the Lord's mercy and experience the Lord's forgiveness. I'm telling you folks, when you know that this God, this Christ who lives inside you has the ability to turn nothing into something, but he also has the power to turn something into nothing, then you have an incredible hope rising up in your heart. He says... I'm going to do something new, something new. You take that same theme all the way over to the book of 2 Corinthians, the second letter of the Corinthians that, that, that Paul wrote. And I want, you to look at, I want you to look at this verse. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, one that we're very familiar with, but I want you to look at it a little deeper. Paul writes, therefore, If any man, if any person, if any woman, if any man, woman, or child, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. It literally reads, therefore, if any man is in Christ, there's a new creation. (laughs) You're looking You're looking right there at a new creation. The result of God doing something that only God himself could do. Taking someone who has not known the Lord or someone who's been far away from the Lord or anyone without Christ. We come to Christ. We receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And what happens in that moment a, 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 where a process is begun of our being brought into the state of a new creation. It, it's not new in the sense of numerical newness, like we're being taken back to a younger version of the same us. It's new in the sense of qualitative newness. There's, there, there's a work going on in the heart changes that heart instead of being cold toward God, being warm toward the Lord, instead of wanting to check out every time something comes up about Jesus or about Christian people or about serving the Lord or worshiping the Lord, instead of it being something that checks out in us, it's something alive now that is drawing us to more of Him, to more of Him. Folks, listen, that's not a little bitty deal. That's not something that can just happen because you've been around other Christians a lot or all your life. When that's going on in your heart and there is that change from deep within, it means that God is doing a work of a new creation in you, qualitatively, the heart being changed. If this was just about a numerical shift back to a younger version of us, well, the chances are very great that we'd drive the truck into a wall all over again. We'd wreck our lives all over again. I just got to start try to do it again on my own strength. But this is about the power of the Lord by his creative work, recreating something in you and me that didn't exist before. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. The new birth, Jesus coming to live inside us is a flat out creative miracle. I don't know somebody listening, well, I, I, I'm not sure I, I get all the power in that. Well, maybe it's because you've never really come to know the real Jesus. You know some stories that he told, you know some facts maybe about his time, but, but to know him, to have that sense of knowing him and receiving him into your heart, how can you have alive inside you? the one who created everything that exists, who has the power to cause the sun to turn on and the constellations to be formed and to set the earth in its orbit, how can that person be alive in you and you not know it? Huh? How is it possible that all this about Jesus is just a brain thing? It's just about an informational trip. No. Christ... In you is your hope of glory. I can do all things Paul would say because of the one, the Spirit of Christ, who is giving me strength. That's the joy in all of this, that it is the life of Jesus inside of us, giving us the strength to be what we could never be without his help. Religion can just give us a set of rules, a set of lists, keep us condemned because we never measure up or keep us always hoping that one day we're gonna really be able to know for sure that God likes us instead of even saying mad at us. That is religion, that is religion, that is not knowing Jesus. There was a distinct difference between all the pressures and the forms that religion, even in the name of Christianity can put on somebody and the freedom and the joy that comes within a heart where that heart is is knowing, I'm not a product of my good efforts. I'm not a product of what I've tried to do. I am a product of what Jesus, by his creative power, is doing in my life. So my confidence is not in me. My confidence is the one who is creating something new inside me. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching to myself this morning. I, 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 I admit that. I, I want you to, in, in that, at that same place in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where he says, it makes that great statement that, if, that if, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, creature. He says, the old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. It's another way of Paul saying what Isaiah was saying in Isaiah 43. Don't spend your time focusing on the past. Don't spend your time stuck buried in what you used to be. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come to be new, 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 qualitatively. All things have become new. Yes, the apostle Paul would say, I was a Pharisee. Yes, I contributed to the death of Stephen. Yes, I persecuted the church. That was a fact. Those were facts in his life. But who he understood himself truly to be was the new creation that he is, that he was, now that Christ was alive inside him. And I I pray, brothers and sisters, that that, that's where we'll we'll camp out. It's not bragging on us. It's not bragging on who we are. It's just bragging on Jesus because he deserves all the credit. If you see any difference in me, if you see any change in me, it isn't that I did it to me. It's that the same one who spoke creation into existence is the same one who's working a new creation inside of me. Some days chickens and some days feathers. Some days I act more like it, live more like it than I ought to. But the bottom line is, I am, I am, and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I, that's one of the great things about Alamo City over the years. We hadn't had any problems standing up when the opportunity was given and saying, this is what the Lord brought me out of. Don't make any mistake. I hadn't always been cleaned up, smelled good, with my language right. God brought me out, and he's still bringing me out. And I want you to know what he brought me from so you can understand even more completely the strength of his power, the depth of his love, the the reach of his mercy because of what he has done and is doing in my life. Therefore, if any man, woman, child is in Christ, there's a new creation. There is a new creation. You're looking at a new creation right there, right yonder. Right yonder is a new creation. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I and mean, if it was something that you created, then that would make you the creator. But when we realize and we, are, we accept it, and this is the way it is supposed to be understood, I didn't create anything but failure. I didn't create anything but a loss. But the Lord who got a hold of my life. He creates only what he wants. He creates only that which will please and honor him. He creates that which he delights in. And I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right, now, turn, look back at uh, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Paul writes, But though our outer man is decaying, our outer man, physical man, is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Our inner man is being renewed day by day. What did we say in the beginning? Something new. Something fresh is the heart of Jesus for you. Paul is saying, day by day, day by day, day by day, my inner man is being renewed. It's that word, it's that word for a qualitative renewal. Not not taking me back to when I was much younger numerically, But it is that the Lord by his spirit, the Lord by his spirit is renewing me. My outer man, a physical man can get older and get the creaking and some things may not work as well as maybe in our numerical youth. That being said, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to stop praying and just to rely on the natural things that might help us get through our older age. I mean, Paul said, I asked the Lord three times to take this thorn in the flesh from me. We don't know how old it went away. The Lord spoke to him in the process, said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to be all you need, Paul. You just, you just know that, that, when, that this is being allowed because you are at your strongest when you're feeling your weakest. I am strong when you were weak. Though Paul would pray for others and they would be healed, he himself was healed. This isn't about just, just signing, signing over the, the deal. I just, just, it, it's, all, it's all lost. It's all gone. I'm, I'm older and therefore my old man just, this, this is just going to keep perishing. I mean, fight it. Fight that, fight that old man off. <laughs> do whatever you can do. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I believe that you've given me strength for the days that you've appointed me. I'm trusting you to renew in me the physical vigor that you intend for me to walk in. That's being true. That being true. But but he will say, my inner man, my inner man, my inner man is being renewed day by day. It seems as if Paul loved that theme. That God isn't with his blessings. is not something just to be anticipated way out yonder in heaven, somewhere out yonder. Or the best we're ever going to know down here is when we came to know him in salvation way back yonder. But he would say, Romans 15, 13, Now, now, now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. That is one of the functions of the Spirit of Jesus alive in us, renewing our strength day by day. Amen. Amen. You find folks that have hope alive in their heart and they'll attract a crowd because the world depletes hope. The, the, The world is the opposite of hope in many places, but you find somebody who may be older, who may be crippled a little bit, who may be going through some things physically, emotional, whatever it would be, but you find in them, you see in them, when you look into their eyes, they hadn't given up. They haven't walked away from believing that God is now and that he has the ability to refresh and renew right now today. Folks, it, 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 we say this sometimes, you, you don't need the Holy Spirit's power. If joy Or peace is tied to things in the natural. I'm joyful if everything's going good. I'm at peace if everything is smooth. You don't need the Holy Spirit. That's no testament to the power of God. But the testament to the power of God is when it can seem as like everything around you is hopeless. Everything around you has, has lost its ability to supply your needs, but still somehow, some way, that inner man, that inner part of you, it's being renewed day by day. Yeah. Trusting him, praising him, thanking him. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving in advance, thanksgiving before it happens You make your request known unto God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The outer man perishes, but the inner man is being renewed day by day. I'm doing, he's saying, I'm doing a new thing. I don't, don't call to mind the former. Don't call to mind the yesterdays. But you understand, I'm doing something new. The something new in an ultimate sense of fulfillment is where we find the fulfillment of these verses, of these themes in, in the writings in the New Testament. Those, that's pointing, the Old Testament's pointing toward the new. And the new thing, the greatest thing, the greatest new thing He can ever do for a human being is for us to come to know Christ as Savior and Lord and such that the old things passed away and we are the object of His creative power. We are a new creation, a new creation. Let me tell you what that also means. Don't you give up on anybody. Don't you give up on anybody. Don't give up on anybody. Don't give up on anybody too rich, anybody too poor, too, too normal, or too abnormal. Don't give up on anybody. Because the God who took nothing and turned it into everything is the same God who's in the business of bringing new creations, new creations to the hearts of people. Amen. I want you to go back to Isaiah 43 for another minute or two. Look at what he says. Indeed, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. That sounds peculiar. Especially the next verse, or next part. Will you not be aware of it? I I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackal and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. What is the new thing? What is the new thing that he's talking about here? What is the new thing that he's going to do for his people? It's something about making a road in the wilderness. And it's something about while you're on the road through the wilderness, he's going to give you plenty to drink. What is the wilderness in your life? What is the circumstance? Who is the person? What is, what is the setting that causes you, as you look at it, to be like it is a forbidding or foreboding, rock-filled, dry, scorpions, snakes, wild beasts, no place to lay your head. It's there before you. It, it, everything about it pushes back. It may be a person, a relationship, a setting. But look at what the Lord is saying is the new thing he's going to do. He doesn't say he's going to take you away from a wilderness to face. He doesn't say he's going to pave all of the wilderness and turn it into a garden. But what he says is, I'm going to build a road through the wilderness, which means the rocks that have been too hard and harsh steep for you to climb over and get through, I'm going to make a road through the wilderness such that the rocks that you used to shy away from are going to be the very things that you step on the top of now. I will make a road in the wilderness and I will cause rivers, rivers to begin to flow in the desert, in that desert, in that wilderness, rivers beginning to flow. Well, water and rivers and streams consistently in the scripture speak of the work of the spirit of Jesus flowing. Jesus said, if, you, if anybody's thirsty, Let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The road, the road, the road that is the new thing may very well be the Lord saying, I want you to watch my power. I want you to watch my creative power now. I'm going to make a road through this wilderness that has shut you down, that has trapped you, that has caused you to back away, I'm going to show you that I have the ability to make a way for you to walk on top of and through the very things that have trapped you and saddled you and pushed you back. And as you take your steps down that road, what you're going to find is my spirit watering you, giving you drink, replenishing you as you go. Our problem, the humanity of us, would say, "Well, I'll go, I, I, I'll go, but but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see much of a road right now, and I'm and I'm, I'm I'm not sensing very much of the spirit strengthening in my life." It's as if the Lord is saying, "You step." where I've paved. You take another step where I've paved and you take another step where I've paved and as you step, that's where you're going to find the rivers. You're going to find the rivers out there, not back here. You're going to find the provision, the sufficiency of my spirit supplying your life as you take these steps. And when he says, will you not be aware of it? Will you not be aware of it? I'm doing a new thing but will you not be aware of it? In other words, it's possible to miss the new thing of God that he wants to do with our lives. Because we think, no, no, I, that, that, that wilderness, that was too bad. That's got to change that, uh, the, out of the past. The past back here has created the monster of the wilderness out here. When Jesus, would, the Lord by his spirit, would just would be saying, don't be thinking about that. Don't let yourself dwell on that. You get your eyes on me. I know where you are and I know what's holding you down. I know what's pushing you back. You trust me. I will make a road through the wilderness. And as you walk down that road, you're going to sense and experience the water of my spirit supplying you. On these hot days, on these hot days, tell me, folks, how good does a cool drink of water feel to you? Would it be possible to, on a hot day, and walking through, taking your steps through this wilderness, would it be possible for you to get a drink of cool water and not know it? No. No. This isn't just cranial. It's not just the brain working. It's not just willpower. The Lord is saying, You trust me. I'm doing a new thing. And the new thing is, I'm making a road for you through the wilderness. And as you follow me through the wilderness, you're going to be amply supplied by my spirit. Your thirst will take you to me. Your thirst created from the environment of the wilderness, will draw you to me. May it be. May it be. May it be. He says, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. Folks, what does it mean to be chosen by the Lord? What does it mean to be chosen by the Lord? I believe that not only does it convey the highest of privilege, the utmost of value, but folks, it also means that He is determined to shape you. To work within you and me so that we are brought to our greatest potential in him and so that we're knowing our father. We're knowing our savior. We don't just know about him, but as Job would say, I've read about, I've heard these things about you, but now after I've gone through what I've gone through, I know you. I feel like I know you. There's a brand of Christianity that says, well, the ones who really know the Lord never face anything. Where does that get? Where where do you get that? That's not in this Bible. It's, It's almost as if the Lord has said, the ones that I have my greatest designs upon are the ones that I need to train. I need to show them no matter how low, no matter how high, no matter how hot, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So if on this road through the wilderness... It is the means of his teaching us. You can trust me. You can trust me. You can trust me. Watch what I'll do. Watch what I'll do for you. And watch what I'll do through you. But if it stayed back here in this, back wherever this was before the wilderness, they would never have known what it is. See, and what, what the, the road is an escape. The road is a way out, a way through. But, but this is about the Israelites coming back home. This is about them leaving, being able to leave the bondage, the captivity of Babylon and be able to come back home again. Folks, what if a wilderness of a person, of a setting, of a situation has been what has blocked you for whatever reason from really coming back home to where you know you need to be? And, and, and who, who you are in the Lord and who you are as you've sent yourself. This is, that, that, that's not who I am. Lord, I am yours. And I want to come home and I want to stay home. What if the new thing the Lord is saying is I will, I will make a way for you through the wilderness. And as you take those steps, you're going to experience my supply my watering you. I don't know exactly what the application for all of you would be as it relates to this passage, but I I genuinely believe that the Lord is wanting us as a people to hear His heart, that He knows how to refresh us. He knows how to bring new things to us, and He knows how to take us through the wilderness, walking on the tops of the things that used to prevent us and that he knows how to supply us as we take those steps. Now, I need to shift gears with you as we close our time together. That statement that I will do something new. Do not call to mind the former things, ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. I believe, have come to believe, that this has particular application for Alamo City, our church family, at this moment in time. Something new. Something new. Something new. 33 years ago, give or take, we moved into this location, 55 acres or so, right on Interstate 35. This was a mall, a shopping mall that had gone bankrupt in the downturn in the mid-80s. We were told by the lenders, just, just make, a, make us an offer because it's a bad debt and we need to get it off of our books. We made them a ridiculous offer, made them and required that it be a non-recourse note, meaning that for the first two years, we could walk away from it if this wasn't where we were supposed to be. Well, 33 years later, we, this, this is still home. This is where we are. But as you can imagine, the, the overhead On a facility, 156,000 square feet in this building, about 30,000 in the gym behind us, and all of the acres of ball fields, tracks, and so forth, the overhead can be stunning financially in some ways. So over the years, over the years, we've had a series of entities make runs at us to buy the property portions of the property, all of the property, realizing that, that it, this was, everything is getting older, uh, the, the insulation in these buildings is paper thin, our, our utility payments on a monthly basis, especially this time, the hottest time of the year, can be ten dollars to $13,000 a month, a month, just to keep the air conditioning, the lights on in this building. So we, we've had a sense that there may very well come a time when the Lord would have another plan for us than just the buildings that we inherited when we moved here. But as the groups would make their presentations, they they never were able to put a dollar figure that would be enough for us to be able to build something different, either relocate totally or build something different on this piece of property. Each time those would come up, I never felt impressed to say anything to the congregation that this was even being thought about because one after another, after another, they would fall through. And I didn't want our emotions going up and down. I just wanted folks to be able to come to church and enjoy worshiping the Lord and hearing his word and serving the Lord rather than having some of these peripheral emotions working. That, That is true until about two and a half years ago. When there was a group that approached us, and as we talked through and let them know various aspects of what we would need, they, they came back with a price, a price per foot for the property that we felt like would enable us to do what we would need to do in order to have a new energy efficient facility out on the front end of things, out toward I 35. We talked with them, have met with them. It's been in literally a two and a half year process. What has happened during that time, COVID hit, as we're all aware, but some a function of that has been prices on steel, on lumber, on cement, just about all the building materials have just escalated tremendously. As a result, what we had thought we would be able to build to replace where we are, the just the functionality of it financially, that's not working out. Has not worked out according to some of the original drawings. But here's something I want you to hear. This here's something we feel like the Lord has said to our hearts, spoken very clearly. You build what you can pay for. You build what you can pay for don't be running up a debt with a bank don't be putting the church in some kind of pressure to that that people are worried more about what worried more about what the offering would be than what is happening in the room and I I don't want that as a pastor I've been in some places where I inherited some situations from former pastors and we had to dig our way out from from these big debts and I I just that's not anywhere in my heart to do Less less is more less is more less is more Less is more. So build what you can pay for. So the plan at this point in time, and things could still come loose, but it looks like that we're, we're, this, is the, this is the process we're, we're making, that within a year, within a year, there'll be a new facility out there. There'll be a new place for you to come to church, to come and be a part of a church. It won't be this big, obviously. The, the worship center will be significantly smaller. There will be a children's area, a nurseries area, an audiovisual area, and a fellowship hall, and that's it. We can't, at this point in time, pay for any more. We don't have any place for church offices. We don't have a chapel. We don't have other things drawn. We believe that the Lord will provide through his people, through folks who feel impressed that they want to help, in order for us to do the other things that, that maybe we would want to do. There's going to be enough room on the seven acres that would be we would keep seven acres, but sell the rest, that if we at some point in time needed to build or wanted to build a larger worship center uh, or other buildings, we, we would have room to do that. But the overhead has been substantial. Um, and, um, the numbers, it's been amazing that during COVID, uh, the, the physical attendance has, has shrunk here at Alamo city, but that's been true of churches everywhere. But here's what's happened folks is that as the physical attendance has diminished, our online participation, our online family has just really expanded amazingly. We, we, We have connections with people who feel like Alamo city is their home, but they live in Pennsylvania or they live in California or they live in some other country around the world. They live in a part of San Antonio that is difficult for them to drive to. I'm not talking a few hundred. I'm talking tens of thousands, tens of thousands that are connected right now. They're a part of, they're, they're hearing this. Well, those you, dear folks may never physically attend here. And, and so what we're talking about is, is something that may be a bit unique for you. But, but here's, here's the truth. Here, here's where we are. We're not going to be able to carry all the wires that hook up these lights and cameras and so forth to the new location. We've got a tremendously smart and, and adept and gifted tech team, and they're working on it, but there, there's going to be some things we're not going to be able to carry with us. So we're going to need some help if we're going to be able to continue, which we believe we will continue to do the streaming of our services and so forth in the new location. So as of today, as of today, folks, we're setting up a brand new fund, a brand brand new Alamo city fund called something new. How's that for a unique title? Something new, something new, something new. If the Lord puts in your heart to help us with, to get these things together, again, we'll build what we can pay for. We're not going to build anything if we can't pay for it. That's, that's our commitment. So what we, what we lack, we're going to trust the Lord to take care of what sometimes we think we've got to have. We don't necessarily have to have, and the Lord has another way of doing it. But something new, Alamo City, make you check out the Alamo City designated something new. And, and it's just going to go into a holding tank. And we're going to see what happens as we progress over these next months. The plan is that a, that a year from now, about a year from now, um, the new facility would, would, be, would be prepared. Now, I realize I'm talking to some folks who have gotten married in this building. And I married a bunch of them. They're folks who have been baptized thousands Thousands have been baptized up here. There, there, there have been a, a, a number of you who, who have, uh, you've come back to the Lord. You got saved maybe, but, or you, but you came back to the Lord. This, this place has so many memories. I can't think much about it before I get teared up. I, I mean, I really do. I, I've, been, I've been standing here holding on to this cross since Alamo City was born. It, it's all I've ever known in San Antonio And so I know some of you thinking, how can we do it? How can we do it? Stand in line, get in line behind me, you know, (laughs) Lord, do you really mean this? Do you really mean this? And we, you know, you, you drive by the potholes coming in. We own every one of them. We own every one of them. The, the 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 foundation that's doing this it's only about four inches thick I don't know what they were thinking when they built this thing, but it, it kind of does this there's hardly any insulation of the fifty something air conditioning units on the tops of the building, not even counting the gym there there is an awful lot of overhead and there's an awful lot of older stuff that is you know the the outer man is perishing basically that, that, with some of these things but but the Lord. here's Come back to that Isaiah 43. I believe the Lord's saying, I'm doing something new. I'm doing something new. Don't call to mind the former things. We rejoice in what he's done. We thank God for everything that he has done in this this building, in this place. But we're also, our ears are open. Lord, what is the new thing that you want to do? There will be coming out in the the next week or so about a 10-minute video that I will record that will give you a little bit more information than what I'm giving you right now. And, and, um, and we'll, we'll just, we'll send that to you, get that out. If you could let folks know who have had Alamo city connections over the years. And, and it, it really has been a blessing to realize that this has been a launching pad for folks to go out and serve the Lord in various places, in various settings, literally around the world over these years. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's his church, capital C on church, that we're, that we're after. It, it, the, the smaller churches, the pieces of the, of the, of the bigger body, th- th- those are all inconsequential in, in many ways. The, 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 the long term is that, that we know Jesus. He's the head, we are his body. We're all somehow connected with each other, everybody who knows Jesus. And our, our role will be shifting to some degree, but the things that we've been doing for all these years, by the grace of God, we'll continue to do. To preach the word, to love people, to care for the broken and the hurting and the needy, and that where we are able to get this, the word going out from here to our streaming family, we want to do that with excellence. We want to do that with, uh, with a quality that makes it very easy for you to wherever you may be to tune in the services or be a part of what we're doing here. That's our plan. That's our goal. That's our dream. Amen. Now I know, I know a bunch of you didn't come in here expecting to, to hear what in the world, the man has just said, my pew is going to be removed. You know, he has taken my pew from me. Well, well, we'll see if we can figure something out about, about all of those things, but it's exciting. I mean, it really is. It's an, it's an exciting time for you to be able to be a part for us to be able to be a part of this season in the life of the church. Many of you were not here. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> many, many of you were not here when Alamo City was born and you've benefited from the faith of others. But now we're at a point in time where collectively a new generation, another generation has the opportunity to believe the Lord together. Yes, ma'am.
2: I just had a prayer in my heart. Oh, well,
1: let's pray. To- Can we stand together? We're done after this. We're done. If you are prayer partners, if you all would begin to come this way, please, if we can pray for you and with you, we, we want to do that. And Alamo City, Pastor Walker at AlamosCity.org. if there is a prayer request that our streaming family would want to send in, we take those um, straight to the Lord and, and you, they don't go under a stack. We, we, we pray and we are trusting the Lord to do in your life what it is that he wants to do. Let us hear from you and, and we'll pray for you. Okay. Okay.
2: Father, with great joy in our hearts, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for your word to our hearts, and we receive it, Lord. We've seen you do amazing things and provide for us as a people since you created us. Lord, that you called us out, and you set us apart, and you made us a fellowship not based on religion but just a passion for you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you for every paperclip you've provided for us as a body. Thank you for a roof over our heads, Lord. Thank you for keeping this old roof. It's like the shoes that didn't wear out for the 40 years, Lord. um, It it served us well, and we are grateful. But Lord, there's such an excitement in our hearts that you're providing a new wineskin for us. Lord, we know a new wineskin must mean new wine, and Lord, that's what we long for. It's not the wineskin, Lord, it's the wine. Lord, we want to be freshly committed to you, surrendered to you, passionate for you alone, Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we start this opportunity, we just declare it's not a building you want to fill. It's our heart. This empty place is what you've wanted all along. So, Lord, as a people, we say to you, yes, Jesus, we are open. Fill us. Fill us individually. And then, Lord Jesus, we ask that in this new season where you provide us a new wineskin, that we would be faithful never to let this building, this place, become more important than you alone Lord Jesus Christ. Today we freshly say Jesus you and you alone yes. deserve the honor and the glory and the attention. Lord that our focus would be upon you. Amen. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Amen that we had, we had, we had two preachers, two preachers besides this preacher that needed to just be cut loose this morning. Oh, amen. God bless you. Come this way. If we can pray with you and for you, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for coming.